Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Keeson. With me on the show today, Debbie G and Neo Positivity. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Indeed we are, and we're happy to be up and running here. We've been making some adjustments, trying to clear out echoes and get screens rotated the right way. And I think we finally got it, guys. There's Debbie G. Now, Debbie G, as usual, is on the road. Debbie G, I I think you live on the road, pretty much. Yes. (laughs) Am I wrong about that? I have a lot of fun, but let me tell you why I'm on the road today. Ah, okay. So... Yesterday, I sort of bumped into a the curve. There's this curb, and it jumped out and bit me, Uh-oh. and it bit my car, and Uh-oh. I popped a tire. Ooh. Yeah, so I got the tire fixed, but I needed an alignment, and I needed to get a car over to the shop. So I completely flaked. Completely. All I was thinking of was going to get my alignment, and it's just like I even said this morning, oh, yeah. Jay's always today. So I just thought I'd be honest with you because, like, yeah, I was on the road yesterday and I'm just, yeah, my the poor car. But we're good. Well, that's the, the main thing is you're here. That's the best yeah. part. You know, that's really, really good. And, and as for the flaking part, you know what? I flaked out on the day. I mean, literally, my day just kind of went, okay, we're done. That's the way it went today. You know, some days are just kind of like that. So sometimes you're up the spiral, sometimes you're down the spiral. Sometimes the spiral just doesn't care. <laughs> it's just that's the way it is you know, today. So totally, it's what was it's, it's what was meant that's to right. happen. It couldn't that's have happened any other way. That's right. So well, Neo, you got yourself in a, in a, a little bit nicer uh, setup today, so that we're not hearing the echo. So I have to congratulate you on that. Thank well you. Thank you. I pushed or did nothing to change that, other than the law of attraction. So I'm good with it, you know. Uh, that's what brought it up, and that's what took it away. Much like everything else in life, so let's go. <laughs> oh, and our jo- our friend Joe Slyker, I don't know if you see this, Debbie, where you are, but he, he threw up something here. He says, your car is not in alignment. <laughs> uh, there we go. <laughs> we need the cymbal. Yeah. We need the snare drum. Boom, boom. So just More cowbell. More cowbell. All right. Cowbell. Yeah, we need a little cowbell. That's good. You know what? You know why? You know why? I gotta tell you why I say more cowbell. Because I was driving one day, and I and I thought to myself, you know what we need in life? We just need more cowbell. That's all we need. (laughs) You know, if you remember the Saturday Night Live skit where he comes out and he says, "I got a prescription, and it's for more cowbell, basically." And he's got the more cowbell, the better the song got. Anyway. That's okay. So it's more cowbell. Just okay. get the cowbell. Forget everything else. Just get the cowbell. Done. Well, I mean, yeah. the cowbell pitch and the volume will wake you up no matter if you're in a coma. So, you know, it's a way to get quickly into a high, high vibe alignment. So why not? It works. Well, I don't think why not. Yeah. I'm sitting here looking around for some, I, out of everything I have, which I have a lot of things. I have zero bells. That's <laughs> like I'm. I, I, I mean, when you said that, when you said that, I immediately started looking. I gotta have a cowbell somewhere. And that's, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I don't. I've never had even owned a bell. So I'm with it. Uh, until then, I'm gonna take this rubber band and put it on my wrist. Every time I uh, catch myself yeah. being negative, I'm gonna say, "Don't do that." Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. I pulled that. Bing, 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 bing. Hmm. You're, you're tough. You on know yourself. what? You might even create a whole new song out of this. We're going to create a whole new song out of this. We're going to become the LOA band today. The LOA <laughs> today band. LOA today band. I like that. All right. That's oh, good. Oh, oh. Well, the, luau, the Luau band. The Luau, the luau band. band. Yep. <laughs> Somebody said you it. You can go what? to. What's Luau today? I said. <laughs> I'm not even gonna answer that. You gotta just come and check it out. Like an hour, hour later, I get a text. Oh, law of attraction. Pay attention to anything I do. So we gotta start wearing Hawaiian shirts now. I mean, is that yes? Uh, well, I wear them anyways. All right. Okay, that's fair. So anyway, I don't really have a topic for today, as you guys probably can tell, because we're just kind of aimlessly going off in a variety of directions. But I. 
as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, well, there is kind of a ta- topic I can draw in because more and more people who are listeners and participants at LOA today are becoming Thai boot campers. And I'm not going to give names out because that's their private business, but I mean, that's a pretty cool thing. That means more and more people are, you know, they're taking on the responsibility for being in a better place and growing themselves. And I just wanted to do a shout out to everyone who's been doing that and say, congratulations. Well done. I got to get in touch with uh, David. I would like to speak with him. And um... I was wondering when you were going to say that, because, I mean, there's got to be a summit coming up where where we can get him in there. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, The October summit has been put off. I was just enjoying vacationing too much. Uh, I might might still do something. I'm going to commit to um, just going hard with live streams and stuff like that anyway Mm -hmm. in the the summit group. But November has given me more time. I've, uh, I think pretty sure I'm going to have Bob Doyle co-hosted with me. And my plan is to get as many people from the secret in there as possible. Um, just just because I want to, the whole point is to bring the best information that I can to people. And obviously, they've been chosen as the industry leaders, so to speak. Um, so I want to, I want to, you know, I had different groups of people in there and I would like to have one with that group. So I'm really focused on that. And he seems, him and Tracy seem like the two that can make that happen. We've already, I spoke with him about it and he's, uh, he's excited about it. So that, that's going to be November 20th. Uh, from noon to four, you guys know, and obviously, you know, you guys are going to be there always, always supporting the movement, um, and, and spreading the law of attraction. So that, yeah, that's going to be the next one. So October, I want to just collaborate. Um, they have this thing where you could schedule on Facebook. I, I was new to me because, you know, I don't usually do this stuff, but you can schedule when you're going to go live mm-hmm. like and it kind of makes an announcement or something somewhere. And so, yeah, I'd like to set that up, for example, like like you do with LOA Today, but but not, I guess, kind of not like you do with LOA Today. Like, basically, <laughs> I'll be like, well, let's go live on Friday or Thursday at 3, and then we do it. And then, Debbie, let's go live on Monday at 2, and then we do it. Like, situations like that. And then just have all the speakers uh, as, I, as I meet them, um, the people from The Secret, and, you know, of course, Bob and Tracy, as I meet them. Uh, just go live with them at least once a week from now until then. So yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It's just going to be an explosion of information from all new sources, which is what I've been doing. But these are going to be like the higher up sources. Like I did one that was all dentists that were into the law of attraction. I did that was the one that was all Bitcoiners that were into the law of attraction, and the last one was a lot of law of attraction specialists. So this is going to be mm-hmm. the next level of law attraction specialist. So yeah, I'm looking. I'm very excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. I love how you set the bar high. That's great. I, you know what? I've learned that if you shoot for a hundred thousand dollars a year, you'll probably get ninety-seven. You know, so you can't be disappointed mm-hmm. if you didn't hit a hundred. But in respect for that, uh, don't ever tell me the sky is the limit when there's footprints on the moon. You know, <laughs> and I'm going for it. I'm going for it as far as I can reach. And um, so let's go. I've always done that. And um, I'm, I'm, well, I think that's just me. <laughs> well, what you're doing is you're demonstrating a lot of self-confidence because that's what it takes in order to manifest something like that. You have to be supremely self-confident that you're going to get what you ask for, babe, and you're getting it. You know what? I want to let's, – let's, let's make that the topic of today because right. I – I, it's funny because in my lifetime, I, you know, because with football and certain certain things, I'm very cocky and, ar- and not arrogant, but cocky about um, like playing football or playing video games or flying. If you give me those situations, I'm super confident. Um, <laughs> everything else, yeah. I'm not. I'm probably one of the least confident people um, that you know. It's just that people don't see that. And my thing is this, I have super confidence in the law of attraction and I have super confidence in stats and numbers, but not in myself. Um, See, so I, I have I trouble believing that. I have, I'm seriously, I have trouble believing that. Uh, me too. And, but, and, <laughs> but yet and still, I still end up in these situations right now. Like I say it like this, if I was going to the bar, I could probably pick up any chick in there I want. However, that's based off of stats. 
I have zero confidence. I don't, I don't, I don't like to look in the mirror. I don't like my shape, my size. I, I downplay all my clothes. I'm like, that doesn't look right on me. I'm like a female when it comes to all that other stuff. But I'm very confident in my ability to do that just because of my stats uh, from the past. You know, being a cop, you can't walk into a bar without all the ladies jumping on you. And, you know, being a captain of the football team. Is, you know, so it's like the confidence isn't in me. It's in the numbers. And I need to get the confidence in me so that I can do more. And that's what I'm that's what I'm really working on for the next 30 days plus more. Um, thank you, Joe, for the whole Superman thing. <laughs> Come on, Neil, you're a Superman, well, he says. He's got one too. He's got one too. Well, I love I actually first off, I want to appreciate your willingness to be transparent, number one. That's huge. Huge. And especially being a male, the that's a big a big one. The kind of confidence that you're talking about comes from an inner knowing. The kind of confidence you're talking about comes with your source connection. It doesn't come from how we look or how we perceive ourselves. It literally comes from this knowingness. So I'm curious, what I really heard you saying was that when you're looking in the mirror, when you're, there's some things that you're not appreciating about yourself, and where do you think that comes from? I don't know. I've, I've always had this super drive to improve and be better. So let's say I was a, to look in the mirror, and I, I like earlier today I wasn't shaved. I looked in the mirror, and I tried to have that confident, ooh, you look good moment, and it was just immediately overcast by, dang, you need to shave. Like, tighten up. And... um <laughs> It's 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 that thing that's there, um, and I and I've also there's a couple of uh, roadblocks I've set up in the past that I have to get over financially. Absolutely, I, I, I hate this about me. I when I let's say I got a nice decent nut of money, you know, some, I just manifested five thousand dollars. I'll take that, hide it somewhere. It no longer exists to me which puts me and my net worth right at base, zero. Mm. And I feel like zero, um, plus a little bit more because I'm able to go get things that I want. But because I've tucked it away, out of sight, out of mind, that's how I learned to save. You know, through, when, I was, when I was a cop, that's how we learned to save, uh, was to put it away in somewhere, Valak or some program where you didn't even see it and you didn't worry about it. But the problem is... Every time you get some money, if you throw it and don't think about it, all you, your mentality is I'm floating at just good and you manifest just good. And, and so that's been a poison for me as far as getting uh, $2 million, $3 million. Do, do, that, you, track, do you track that savings in some way, like electronically or something? Uh, yeah, but I don't look at that. Why not? Because if I, I think if I look at it, I'm going to spend it. Because, yeah, in the past, if I looked at it, I'm going to spend it. <laughs> like, I won't spend it for a while. Then all of a sudden, ooh, I want that truck. Now I got a new truck. And it's like, mm. so. I, I got an idea for you. I got a really good idea for you. Are you familiar with the Abraham Hicks processes that you, that uh, come in the back of Asking It Is Given? One of their first books? Yeah. Check out the book. There's a whole bunch of processes back there for doing all kinds of things to help get yourself up the spiral. One of them, I think it's called the money, money game or money wallet or wallet game or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but basically it's a game where you do, you, you basically deposit and spend money that's imaginary money. It's a way of kind of becoming familiar with the idea that you and money are best of buddies. And I'm willing to bet you that if you were to start that, now the way they start the game is you, you put a thousand dollars into your imaginary account. And the way they recommend doing it is you go to the bank and get one of the old fashioned check registers, you know, and, and just write in the book. Okay. Today's date deposit $1,000. And then what you do is in your mind, you immediately spend that money. And, and then you write in as if you were writing a check, you write on the register. I just spent, you know, $500 on this or $500 on that, you know, that kind of thing. And then the next day you, you double it and you put it in a $2,000 deposit. 
And then the day after that, you put in a $4,000 and then $8,000 and $16,000. You just keep doubling, 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 doubling. And when you do that, a few things happen. Debbie, have you tried this game? Uh, something similar. Not really that one, no, but this one's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Well, an interesting thing happens when you get... Now, I have to admit, Louise and I, we didn't do it day after day after day. We did it all in one day. We, we didn't want to wait around. So we, we deposited money and spent it. And then five minutes later, we deposited the next deposit and so forth. But within a very short period of time, like a half an hour of playing the game, we were running out of things to spend money on. And I didn't anticipate that that was going to happen. But what that did for me was to completely shake up that old program that I had going into my head that said there's not going to be enough money because now there was so much mm-hmm. money in this imaginary game and I didn't know what to do with it. I'm, I was like inventing companies so I could spend it investing in the company because I couldn't think what else to buy. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's I, um... a fun game. Okay, I'm down. I want to play that. What I want to, I want to just jump in here really quick and just say that, um, hey, Neo, when we're beating our, the shit out of ourselves, it's really hard to love ourselves even when we're looking in the mirror. Seeing beyond the, the scope of what you're seeing externally is big. And I love what Walt's saying about the money, but I'm picking up here, if that's okay with you, I'm going to step into this, if that's all right. Go for it. It's really about, it's about self-love, self-care, self-appreciation, mm-hmm. and getting into those practices that help you... T- to start seeing the beauty within you and the badassery that you are and the warrior that you are because sometimes we just get going in life and shit happens and we start feeling like it's just that we aren't these things or this person that we're trying to make ourselves believe we are or whatever. So really it comes down to how real you, you how real do you want to get with you how honest do you want to get to with yourself, not on here, but on just by yourself? I need because to get the back. Only time- the only thing I, the only way I've been able, because I've been struggling with that exact thing for a long time. And you know me, mm-hmm. when I struggle with things, I've tried different things until I find yeah. something that works. Sure. And the only thing that really worked and dug in and stuck, because it's easy to, well, it's not easy, but it's one thing to proactively wake up and wake yourself out of that moment and say, I'm such and such, I'm such and such, and wake up and feel good about it. It's another thing to have it done for you and planted in your mind. The only thing I've discovered that has done that was the whole ancestor thing. Like when you when you do like DMT or something like that and you start to get into your ancestry, that makes you feel badass because you realize that, for one, none of this matters. And for two, you've been a badass for a while. <laughs> you know, along, yeah, yeah. you know, in a, a couple different... And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm actually on my way today at 5.30 to get back into that mindset. But I love what you're saying right there. You definitely reminded me because there was a time where I could look in the mirror and smile. And it was real. It was 100%. Yeah. No matter, and, and I tested myself. I made the ugliest face that I make. <laughs> now everybody's got that stink face where it's the ugliest face that you make. And I tested it. And as soon as I made it, I still loved it. I still loved nice. it. And it's been so long. I actually think I was talking about that on this show when we first started. Um, and it's been so long. It's been in the back of my mind. So much stuff has been going on and I need to get back. And that just reminds me to say to everybody, you got to circle back to some things you might have been doing a year ago. Mm-hmm. Mental exercises are a dime a million of them. They're all great. And they all get old after a couple of days. So you switch up and go to something new. But yeah, I definitely need to get I need to get that back. There's an unconditional love for me in here that needs to come out. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And loving and I love that you're there with that. One of the things I've been really happy about lately, to go back to Taya, honestly, the reason I'm doing that is because I'm in the process of becoming a Taya coach, not just relationship coach. So I'm bumping it up, raising that bar, raise our standards, right? Well, one of the things I realized is that I was out of touch with some of my tools. When I start acting like, when I start acting like, mm-hmm. okay, when I start pulling up an old story, because that old story is going to benefit me in the moment to feed whatever it is. If I'm not in bliss, I'm I'm probably in butthurt zone. I promise you. Promise you. Straight up real. Earlier today, I felt myself get into butthurt zone. 
because I wasn't in bliss, that's for sure. And the only person I can look at is myself being my own perpetrator. And the only reason I would be my own perpetrator, which was discovered during my coaching session, is by me not speaking my truth about myself. Because in order to speak your truth, you have to get honest with yourself. And honest with yourself means trusting you enough to really step forward and say, you know, this, this has been real about me. I love my dark. I love my dark. It allows me to see the beauty within my light, the light that's there. My dark is nothing more than me desperately seeking to be loved, desperately seeking to be heard, desperately seeking to be seen. So rather than coming up with reasons those things aren't happening and why I'm not worthy and deserving of it, how about I'll give myself some love and compassion and, yeah, because in the end, all we all want is to be loved, period. That's beautiful. I do, I, I do highly encourage Taya because it helps you pull the roots up. And today I had community to come through a little tiny freaking I mean, you know, it was a little thing, but it was a big thing because if I'm not speaking my truth, I'm not being, I'm not being authentic with myself. And then I can't be authentic with anyone else. And you're so fucking worth doing it. Sorry, I just cussed. You're so worth doing it. And anybody here who's listening to me, you're worth it. You're worth it being honest with yourself and stop lying to you. Stop. Look in that mirror and truly look in your eyes. And soak in that feeling. It's so crazy um, how someone who is in charge of so much, uh, be it their household, their supervisor at work, they're in charge of taking maintaining their car, they're maybe in yeah. some kind of social group where they're the treasurer of some lodge or whatever. How a person like that could walk around feeling unimportant. They're important to so many people. I mean, just their kids alone rely on them every day for food and shelter. Important to so many people, but you could walk around feeling like you're not important. And that is like, it's a shame. You, it really is a shame that that mentality. Who did you forget? Who, who did you forget, baby? Who'd you forget in that scenario? The one person who Who'd really matters in that scenario. But how, right. is, how is that? With all those responsibilities, taking care of all those people, up to you, how do you just, how does that happen? It's very easy to explain vibrationally. It's because you kept focusing your attention on a whole bunch of stuff that was not compatible with loving yourself. Yeah. Too busy, too busy problem solving. Yeah, that'll do it. I'm good at that one, by the way. I'm yeah. an expert. <laughs> yeah. Nice, beautiful. So, and, and the fact that you're seeing, how does it? The, the, the fact that you're actually recognizing the issue, the fact that you are saying, yeah, there's something here I don't like, that's step one. You just took step one. I mean, and, and hey, I know you well you enough. Should... Yeah, absolutely. Debbie and I both know you well enough to, to be able to say, you know, once you take that first step, Neil's going to take the second step. Oh, I'm not yeah. worried about Neil yeah. not taking the second step. Some people I might be worried about, not Neil. No. No. So, so you're like, you're like, you the, the healers need healing. The healers need healing. Okay. Us healing individuals that do this for, this is what we do, need healing. And, I had been I had I had been doing spirituality gone wild a while before I even stepped my foot into boot camp. Now I'm doing it again. Trust trusting the universe and trusting my life and trusting flow. Mm-hmm. Learning how to love yourself is something that should be your first priority because dude, y'all know the airplane theory. I don't need to tell you. You put the mask on who first? On yourself. Because if you don't put it on yourself first, what happens? Especially if you're a pilot. Especially if you're a pilot, yes. Take everybody with you. Dude, 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 right. Okay. So you, yeah, how does it happen? It happens from, it happens from programming. From something long ago that happened that told you a 
story and that story worked for you until all of a sudden now you're going, that's not working for me. How's that working for you? If it's not, it's time to change it. And the beauty and all of this is you have the power to change every single thing about your life, period. I am walking living proof, dude. Trust my, trust me. Oh my God. And I did not have the self-confidence that I had even a year ago that I have right now. And it's not the kind of confidence that I thought I was going to have. You know, I did, I did the whole losing myself in success and letting that success be me till I lost everything completely 100% and realized I, 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 and it took me down. That was back in 2008. It took me down hard. It, it has taken me 53 years. You are, you lucky dog. You are so lucky to get us now. I'm telling you, and your baby is going to, I mean, your children are going to benefit from everything that you're going to teach them by stepping into the power of loving you. You know, it's, it's crazy, and, I, and I, I got a question for you guys that someone had came to me with, and I just looked her up, but I'm not going to say her name unless she wants me to. I'll just, her name's Kimberly. I'm not going to say her last name, but she is an aspiring life coach. And she hit me up to go down the avenue of becoming a life coach. I'm not a life coach. I mean, that was my title for a while. Um, But one of her main things was how she's a good person and she's devoted her life to helping others and da-da-da-da. Yet this jackwad over here who doesn't help anybody and is selfish has everything that she wants. He has the lifestyle, the car. Uh, you know, the family, the spouse, because she's going through a divorce. He he has everything that she wants. He's not helping anybody, not contributing to the earth positively, and he's a douchebag. And she's asking me, why is that? And I'm putting that on y'all. Go. <laughs> I'll go first on that one. Um, the first thing that I would say to her is change your focus. Get away from that focus. Because that focus is just basically a blame and shame focus, and it's not going to get you anywhere. Um, if you're really concerned about what's going on with with Joe Blow there, who's uh, you know basically sponging off of everybody, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, he's paying a huge price for it. You may not see that price; he is paying it because that's the way the law of attraction works. So let go of it. Just let go. It's it's not your business. It's not it, it's not anything you really need to focus on. And what is, what does it actually do to help you to focus on that? It doesn't. It harms you. So you know, take your mind off of that for goodness sake. Now, I I know, and I kind of went at her with that, and I know that she knows that because, like I said, she's been dabbling in it, in the whole you know law of attraction, being a better person, life life coach, and all that other stuff. Um, so she knows not that she shouldn't be spending time there. The problem is she can't help it. Well, according to her, she can't help it. Well, actually, she can't. Her mind just goes there. Oh, I have have one. I have one. That's what I want. Go ahead. Well, I was going to do something. Nope, you first. I'm curious what's real for the person that's being judged. I'm curious what their life has held. And I'm curious if, if what that looks like. And I'm curious if I can be compassionate and empathetic. I'm curious when I look and I see a judgment, considering that it's a direct mere reflection, am I judging what I am? Is there a piece of this inside of me? And I'm afraid Ooh. to look at it. So I'd rather make you ugly for it because I don't want to own me. So I'm going to talk about you. Because that'll make me feel better for about a split second. Because all really human good. beings are actually selfish. All human beings are. But there's a way to be doing there's a way to be selfish where self first is not selfish and we own our shit. So what I've discovered is when I'm judging somebody pretty hard, it's because they're either doing something that I want to do, they're not meeting my value for something, and if they're not meeting my value, then walk. Mm-hmm. But what is it about everybody that plays a part? We're playing a part. What is the part that each person plays? And the young lady, what's it serving you? And why is this important for you? And what is distracting 
Um, I'm going to guess itself. So that's what I would say. It's really not about what we judge. It's about us internally and not willing to step into the honesty that it takes to live in our truth because it takes being honest. But starting with yourself, and, and this young lady has to get straight up, why, straight up herself. Why does somebody do what they're doing? Because our lives have polarity. Our lives have reasons. How could this be working for her is my question. Hey, Debbie, I'm going to interrupt for a second. We're, we're getting a little bit of a clipping sound because your signal isn't the strongest it could be. So I'm going to suggest turn your video off so we can get more audio That's from you. Yeah, because your video will be freezing. Anyway. <laughs> but no, I was... I, so, yep. Yeah. So I was... So basically what you're saying, Debbie, is that she's seeing, like, let's say the neighbor has uh, more money than her. Uh, she's seeing his financial situation and she's seeing she's not liking it because hers is not where his is. So she's basically lashing out at him because of her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's why she can't help it because it's always in her face. Like, I have this, you don't. Well, as Debbie was pointing out, though, that thing that's in her face is actually how she's feeling about her internal. Her internal. That is money situation or something else. Her internal stuff. Oh, as a collective, everything. Yeah, her how she feels about herself, what what she's been focusing her attention on, um, what's important to her, where she's she's giving her attention to, what she's been valuing, what she's been devaluing. It's all of it combined together. I mean, that's really what self esteem is all about. It's about the whole package. It's not just well, I love myself. Okay, I, I didn't hit her with that. I got to make sure I hit her with that. I'm trying to send her the, uh, the link to the show real quick. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's a sneaky way to do it. I love it. There we go. And see, now everyone knows when she joins, it's going to be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> My joy's name Kimberly. I'm stuck. I'm sorry, Kimberly. Um, but no, yeah, so that was that. I found myself in that situation years ago, and I've learned to appreciate. Now I have this whole, for me, I have this, I've taken oneness with everyone else to a new level. So if this guy has a Lamborghini and I don't, I kind of have it because I'm mm -hmm. him for one. And for two, my Lamborghini might only exist in the mental world, but it does exist, you know? Right. Uh, and so there's no obtaining the Lamborghini that I have to do. It's already here. I just have to change its physical form. And then I do something else with God. I call it God car where any and every car that I enter is the same car just coming to me in different shapes and sizes. So I don't need God car. He's, all, he's with me. That's clever. I like that. I'm glad that you could do that. That's a skill. Yeah. Yeah. I had to, I, I had to wrap my head around that. I had to, that's how I actually, you know, uh, had gotten the, uh, the, the challenger. I had changed. I had a car that was in my garage that didn't run. It was a nice car, but it didn't run for some reason. I never figured it out. Mm -hmm. And um, I just appreciated it being there um, because I knew if I wanted that car, I would have had to buy it, then fix it. I had already gotten the first part, the toughest part, which is obtaining it. And so, yeah, it was a bunch of different mental exercises that came together that made me look at things differently. Like my house, like I used to, I'm real sentimental about things. So like if I'm moving out of one house, I feel real sad and, oh man, I'm, I'm going to miss this house. But like, no, now, like I've just moved into this house. God house has changed shape and size. Mm -hmm. That's it. And he's getting better every time. And it's like, you know, so now it's like God's shelter to me, whether it's a hotel room, no matter where it's at. And, and I'm, and me and God shelter on great terms. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good thing. That's then a very you, good thing. Then you take the money. I, I used to, oh my goodness. I had, I, a long time ago, I made this little brick of money. And every now and then I, I break it out and use it. And I had it out last, I don't remember where it is. But it's, it's so funny. If you give God money, an essence, a personality, and talk to it on the phone, uh, like it's a part of you like a twin version of you that steps out of you that just represents money. And you either have a good relationship with it or you don't. Uh, there's been ups and there's been downs. But as long as you have a penny, God money has always been there with you. It's just been there in different shapes and sizes. So it's not something you have to obtain. You just have to 
appreciate God money and um, and cherish your relationship with God money. And all of a sudden you start to notice you're getting checks and craziness out of nowhere. I just got another one, Walt. <laughs> Last time, <laughs> what you got? time I got a check for $200. Oh, all right. After you had, after we had talked, and so I did some more mental exercises, and and this this is a, a gift card for one hundred and sixty three dollars. All right, yeah. Um, for overpayment on my um, Frontier Communication, my uh, uh, internet bill at my last house. Mm-hmm. Evidently, All right. Evidently, I overpaid them one hundred and sixty three dollars. So that was a nice little thing to get out of nowhere. Now I'm looking for this little knot of money. That's not something you want to lose. <laughs> it's funny. I put it sometimes, like when I when I have it out, I put it up to my ear and say, "Hey!" And I instantly, like, I'm in a conversation with God, money, with with monetary, mm-hmm. you know, because in, in life, and I break it down, and you got to really break it down to to get into this game. In life, you're either going to trade trade goods. I'll give you, uh, you know, an apocalyptic situation. Here's a, here's some bullets for some groceries to feed my family. That's bare, you know, but outside of chain exchanging things, you have monetary in different countries. If you got rubles, you got cash, you got different things in different countries, but it's all God monetary to me. And when I get on the phone with him, I'm like, Hey, how you doing? And then he's like, Hey, back. And we love each other. Like, yo, we're doing good right now. And it's, and it's this beautiful thing. And I know that immediately, as soon as I smile and say hi like that, I've just positively contributed towards my future, which makes me even happier. And I'm just in the uplifted mood. And it only lasts two or three seconds and it's over with. But, you know, it works. You're bringing in a great point. I want to tap onto this point for a moment, too, because going back to your friend and what she was focusing her attention on with this guy that uh, she was not uh, feeling good about and she was feeling judgmental about. I wanted to touch on the fact that when she gets herself into the kind of place you were just describing right now, where you're feeling good, you're feeling confident, you're, you know, like life is good, money is good, you're feeling good about money and so forth, that vibration will go transfer itself to that other guy. And when that happens, funky crap happens. And you and I know that very, very well. Deborah knows it too, right, Debbie? I mean, stuff happens when you have the high vibe on. I'm sorry. Hold on. I got to take a phone call real quick. Hey. Hey, guys. Yeah, yeah. We're doing good. We're doing good right now. Thank you for everything. And uh, I'll talk to you in a little bit. And that's how you do it. Ah. There it is. I put it. I wrapped it up and everything. It's $500. It's, you know, it's not much. But, yo. And, and you know, in, in the spirit of me being me, I was like, ooh, what if I did it with $1,000? And it's just, it's just super huge, and it looks like you're holding a brick up to your ear. And it feels just the same. Might as well. If you got $100 or whatever to spare, put it here, wrap it up. Don't ever spend it. It'll make you so much money in the long run off of just doing this. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. And then I'll leave it on my desk, and every time I come in the room and I'll see it, I'll be like, hey, yeah, you know. Hey, yeah, yeah. Like, and as soon as I do that, I feel good. It's kind of like holding a stone. I feel good. Like, yeah. I'm good. And it's, it represents so many things. The fact that I could have $500 just laying around. I know a lot of people that don't, you know, it represents different things. So it's like, it does so, so, so much to me. Um, here was the other one. I mean, what you're literally doing is you, you have changed your look at that. Hey, one. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. This one's a little too big to hold up to your ear. <laughs> it, does, it does so much, uh, mentally. But, but what you've what you've literally done is you have created a different conversation with yourself about money, a different way of thinking about money, just by having a conversation with the money. Respect, um, respect is a big thing. I and you know I'm always looking for new mental exercises, uh, and actually this came out of it. This came out of a, as a whatever hundred dollar bill, but it's gold. Sticker, whatever. Mm-hmm. These are awesome. I encourage everybody to get these. They're like two hours, whatever. But here's the thing: respect for God mm-hmm. money. You got one? <laughs> oh, I got one. It's okay. I might the caddy. I'm, I'm the nutbag today. Seriously. <laughs> there it is. Her screen is going crazy. There yeah, it is. It is. Let me tell you something. I had. An epiphany one day. 
The $1 bill, cool. The 20s, cool. The 50s, cool. But the $100 bill is the, it's the mecca of cash. It's the biggest cash you can physically hold in your hand. And so for me to hold a $100 bill and just be like, yo, I respect the hell out of you. You are the biggest American currency that one can possibly hold. I respect the hell out of you for that. I love that. That right there is something the ego can't fight you on. It can't kick you in your back and say, oh, well, how long before it's gone or anything like that? You're just making a statement. That kind of respect is the kind of thing that brings you a strange $200 nut out of nowhere. And it's and it's that kind of love that led me to getting that golden $100 bill. And that golden $100 bill, because of how we feel about gold naturally, it made me respect it even more. And so I've got a couple of these and I got them. There's another one right here. I got them different places. Um, another one right here. Different places around the house strategically to remind me to, hey, I respect the hell out of you. Mm. And I respect the hell out of your greatest Hold form. And I love our relationship. I'm, remember- I'm remembering something from the, uh, the movie The Secret. Because you were talking about the secret earlier, and this was one of the things in the secret. Jack Canfield told his story about the first time that he made a hundred thousand dollars, and what was significant about it. It was in the nineteen eighties, and if I remember correctly, his yearly annual income at that point was about eight thousand dollars, which by today's standards is nothing. By standards of that day, it was you could live on it, but barely. Yeah. And at that point in time, he was trying to imagine. Because his his uh, mentor, his coach, had basically said to him, and by the way, his coach was W. Clement Stone, pretty darn good coach. But his coach had said to him, you know, you got to aim for something really big. So he said, okay, I'm going to aim for $100,000. He had no idea how he was going to make $100,000, but that's what he was aiming for. And then he did something really smart. It reminds me of what you talked about here. He took a $1 bill, not a $100 bill, a $1 bill. And then he took a magic marker and wrote five zeros mm-hmm. after the one with a comma to make it $100,000. And then he taped it to the ceiling above his bed so that the first thing he would see in the morning every day was that $100,000 bill. You know, there's only two things on this area right here. One is the hundred, the golden hundred. And the other one, I looked at it a second ago, right when I was putting this hundred back, I looked at it and I said, man, I haven't used that. I haven't used that for a mental exercise in a while. It's just been there, background. And you just inspired me because when I heard that from The Secret, I wanted to do the same thing. But technology is way better now than it was before. That's true. So I was able to find this. Ooh, you got a million dollar bill. A million dollar bill. And it kind of feels like real money. I am taping this to my ceiling tonight. It's a popcorn ceiling, so we'll see how it works out. I'm taping (laughs) this to my ceiling. Or, you know, I'm going to put a thumbtack in there because... I know so many, I've read so many success stories about that. And I want to be one of those. With Vel- a Velcro might work well on that popcorn ceiling, by the way. I love that story. And I love how, I love your relationship with money and how you're so nice to it and respect it. And I, I think it's extraordinary. This has been so much fun today, guys. And thank you for being forgiving with my internet, which seemed to go out. So I came into the store and uh, snapped and got into their internet since my phone decided it didn't want to work. But Neo. And it's sounding a lot better, by the way. It's sounding really good right now. Yeah. Oh, good. Neo, you just, you know, you rock, dude. I love your real. I love the fact you show up real and you show up, period. And I love the fact you're perfectly human, just like me and just like Walt. And just like everybody else, man, perfectly human is what we are, and we do it well. Hell yeah. <laughs> now that's the confidence that I'm looking for. Hell yeah. <laughs> perfectly human. Perfectly human. It's, it's, it sounds, some people might hear that and be like, most people might hear that and be like, eh, eh. But it's something to brag about, man, especially in America. Look at some of these other countries and what they go through on a day-to-day. Mm. It's crazy. We got it good over here. We got it good. We do. We have a lot to appreciate. No doubt. No doubt at all. The only thing that stops us is we just don't take the time. That's all. We just don't take the time to appreciate it. I always talk about manifesting. I'm in now. I'm shopping. What the heck? (laughs) 
<laughs> in the store shopping. And Debbie, in, in, in respect for money, I want you to look at every single thing you touch and say, I can afford that easy. Whether you want to or not, $150 t-shirt, whether you want to, I can afford a $150 t-shirt. I got 500 right here that I could take apart and go get that t-shirt. Whereas normally I'd look at that t-shirt and say, shit, I ain't paying $150 for that. <laughs> now those okay. are watering two different seeds. Watering they certainly are. Totally different seeds. And, uh, and, and, you know, it, it's easy to look at a whole rack of shirts that are $10 each and say, I can afford that whole rack. That feels even better. Mm -hmm. I encourage you to do that while you're in there today. Take advantage of every opportunity you can. Uh, I love that. Like that. I, you know what? I'm going to jump on that. I'm serious. Like, I'm about it right now. That is just perfect. You know, I love the time. We're in a, a big retrograde right now. And what that really means for all of us is just simply the old stuff is being slept away. Literally like all seven planets are in retrograde or some seven, there's some like seven planets. I don't know about all of them, but um, this energy we're all feeling right now, every single person I talk to is experiencing the same thing. Anything that needs to rise to the top is rising and we're just sloughing it off. And it's just really been pretty simple because we start seeing it. Once you recognize it, you can become aware and then you become mindful. So rock on with your badass selves. Uh, on the ceiling, what do you say, Walt? When you first wake up and you see it, what is what do the people say? I don't think it almost makes any difference. As long as it's not a bad vibration, you can see it can be anything you want to say. It's basically see it and feel it. Well, I mean, because looking at a million dollars on the ceiling and not having a million dollars initially what? is a negative connotation. It's, well, a that, yeah, want, that, it's a want, which is a lacking feeling. So you got to grasp it and take it somewhere. So the question is, what feeling do you want? Well, already have would be what I would be going for, because that's how you manifest. You ought to see it as though you already have it, and it will be yours. Mark okay, but, but, but already have it, what does that feel like? That's the problem, because if you try to feel that, the ego steps in and reminds you with a pay stub that you don't have. Well, that's and one way of looking at it. But there, but there are lots of ways of, of answering the question, though. I mean, because we get to choose what our emotional responses are in any given situation, right? Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. But for the average person or more, like myself, to look up, at, look up and see a million dollars, the first thing you're going to think is, I would like to have that or I want that. And then you curve that. No, in the spirit of law of attraction, I say, I have a million dollars. Okay. Ego kicks me in and says, no, you don't. So then me personally, I would say, how would it feel to have a million dollars? Because exactly. Ego has to sit to the side and let me run a scenario clean and clear, at least for a couple of seconds. Yep. So I would lean towards that. How would it feel to, or what would it be, be like to, uh, like I anticipate getting a million dollar signing bonus before November. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's my anticipation. That's the seed I've been watering. Um, a million dollar signing bonus, uh, to take over, to take over the summit, not take over, but to, uh, you know, be the vehicle behind the summit, um, mm -hmm. while I still drive. And so it's cool because it's not just a, a pipe dream. It's, I just have to wait at this point and water the right seeds. Um, so how would it feel to, how would it feel that morning? Mm -hmm. How would it feel signing the paperwork? How would it feel getting the black card? Whatever the situation is. Um, that's how I would go about it. That's how I'm going to have to go about it until I find a better way. I'll, I'll take that one step further. I'll, I'll use the Neville Goddard approach because Neville Goddard, feeling is the secret, says, feel the end result. Imagine that last step that represents having gotten to wherever it is you're trying to get to or attracted whatever you wanted to attract or whatever it might be. Imagine that scene. And, and the, uh, the story that I think of that comes out of the Neville Goddard series of books is the one where the guy, um, managed to attract a, an Arthur Murray dance studio because he wanted to be an Arthur Murray franchisee. And the scene he imagined in, in his mind was shaking the hands of the area VP in charge of, of franchises, congratulating him for having acquired his own franchise. And he kept playing that scene in his mind. That was a scene that he loved. That's a, a scene that uh, a scene that he enjoyed immensely. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Precisely. In fact, it was even word for word. He had a, he had a phrase in his mind that 
he imagined the VP saying to him, congratulations. I don't remember what the exact phrase was. I'll, I'll just make it up. Congratulations on being the proud new owner of an Arthur Murray franchise. And literally that exact phrase is what the guy said. Because he was so focused on the feeling associated with that end result scene. I've, I've practiced so much with the law, with make believe that I'll be able to pull that off big time. That right. conversation, that handshake with Mark Zuckerberg, you know what I mean? Yeah, there you go. We're going to have uh, thoughts become things on the side of every Facebook screen in America. Congratulations. Uh, here's your, here's your million dollar sign and bonus. Uh, we're great. Your life has now just changed. I, I, I and I can that your life has just changed. That's something I could dig. That's something mm-hmm. I can roll with. I like that. I pulled, and, I pulled and that's the whole there. secret. Because because by fixing on something that is meaningful, not just something you can imagine, but something that has deep meaning. Because that has deep meaning for you. Otherwise, you wouldn't say that you can fix right onto it. But you said like, oh, I can fix right onto that. That has meaning for you. And that deep meaning is what brings you to the point where you're focused on that, that million dollar bill. Now you're focusing on it instantly from that deep meaning place. That's the first reaction in the morning. Why? Because you decide that's where your end result is going to be. And, and you decided to imagine and play in your head how it feels to be in that place. No. That's the difference between the person who wakes up and feels envious about the million dollar bill and the person who feels like they own it. There's, That's the difference. There's a, there's a, and I, I want to throw this in there too for anybody who's striving to get that first million. Um, this, I, it was a song. I, I don't know the song, but in the song, the guy says, "A couple million makes you stand different." And mm-hmm. I thought, of, I thought about it. I said, "You know what? He's right. He's right. Like my posture would probably be slightly different. My head would be a little higher. I tell you that." You know, not, not, I'm not, I'm not saying put your nose to the ceiling, but just feel it and you'll feel your chest come up a little bit. You know, uh, it's, it's a different, it is a different you. People think they won't change. I've been in high money situations, uh, in my life before. Um, it, it does make you stand a little different. So if you could stand that way now and feel that way now, uh, you're basically watering that seed. You're pushing. You're forcing that into mm-hmm. your life as opposed to because you're also you're always pulling, forcing, ordering, whatever you want to say into your life anyway. Why not pull something better? And there's a really interesting thing that happens when we make this habitual, because that's what you're talking about. You're taking this really strong feeling and result scene that you can just latch on to and making it your habitual response every time you see that million dollar bill on the ceiling or wherever else you got it posted up there. And that. That thing that happens is we react differently. We've just created a new tape, so to speak, in our heads. And the tape is playing differently from the way it used to play. And I'll give you an example of how that's playing out right now. Um, I've been documenting here on the program for, oh, geez, a few months now, this project I'm working on. Basically, it's a advertised-to-Facebook project. And I have been focused so heavily on that end result. Now, I, I can't say I've been doing this with deliberate intention, it's been kind of on and off, but apparently I've been doing it enough because lately I've been running into all kinds of, I'll call it the roller coaster ride up and down the spiral, you know, high contrast uh, stuff where sometimes I'm feeling good, sometimes I'm feeling lousy. And on those occasions where I'm feeling lousy about it, it's because I've run into another barrier. Like, oh, there's another way it's not going to work. Another way it's not going to work. And the funny thing is I've got this, this thing playing in my head so strong that even when I run into one of those barriers, I don't believe it's not going to work. Despite the fact that I am now facing something that says it's not going to work. The back of my head is saying, oh, yeah, it's going to work. And so that the tennis match has actually shifted. It used to be, well, how do I get myself to focusing on what I prefer instead of this lack position? But now it's, if I start to focus on the lack position, the back of my head is saying, oh, no, 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 you're not going there. <laughs> You know what? I, this is one of my most popular sayings, um, or I should say that I've had to say the most. Um, no matter what you ask for, you will always be shown, if not proven, that you cannot have it. And it's how you respond to that determines if and when you get it. Mm. Now, back up again. No matter what you ask for, I want a car. 
You're going to be shown if not proven. If you want a sandwich, you'll be shown you can't have it. If you want a million dollars, that's a lot more. You're going to be proven that you can't have it. Like looking at a lottery ticket and seeing the numbers don't match up. It's proof. I don't have it. Mm-hmm. Lottery ticket's right here. That would and, and and how you respond to that emotionally determines if and when you actually get it. And that's huge. You lose a lottery? No, I refuse. I won because when I win, it's gonna look just like this. I'm gonna be holding it in my hand right here. My leg's gonna hurt the same way it hurts right now. <laughs> you know, it's going to be just like this. And with the power now by Eckhart Tolle removing me from time, knowing that everything that's ever happened, everything that ever will happen, will happen in this current moment, seemingly reoccurring current moment. It not only will feel like this, it will be exactly like this. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to hold on to that. And that year, I had won a lottery 13 times. I did it all on Facebook. It was amazing. Nice. That was when my popularity had spiked when I was doing that. I got to get back into that because I definitely want to have some lottery wins. I was in these tickets right here. I was with my dad, and he was like, the lottery's up to $400 million. We got to play. And I was just like, whatever. Bought some tickets. <laughs> I didn't really water any seeds or anything. But no, that's, that's huge. Um, if you picture a maze, if you picture a maze where every wall is open, but mm. as you go, certain walls will close as you meet them. Certain doors will close as you meet them. That's life. That's yeah. what you were just talking about. That's right. You took a left, the door closed. Are you going to bitch and moan about it? Are you going to go find the way you were supposed to go in the first place? Um, what are those? Oh, what are not? What are the? Are they mazes? The things where you draw the line? Yeah. And, and you hit a wall, and you're like, dang! And you got to backtrack. Yeah. Go somewhere okay. else. That is life right mm-hmm. there. Cause that, that's better. Cause the doors aren't closing. You're just turning a corner and being like, Oh, snap. Wasn't meant to go that way. If you're in a maze trying to get out. You're not going to cry about it. You're going to move on. You're going to find that next route. And that's how you got to do it with life. Just recognize that the maze is what it is. You were meant to turn that corner when you turned it and you were meant to turn around and go back. Only I mean, problem is, are you going to complain about it? And well, there's also a slight difference in mindset of the person who's going through the maze to use your metaphor, because you can be going through the maze, seeing the walls, or you can go through the maze, seeing the openings, which one are you going to give your attention to? Are you going to give your attention to the walls or are you going to give it to the openings? If you give it to the walls, you're going to bring yourself down real, real fast. You're going to crash and burn. But if you give your attention to the openings, that's a different thing. And you know what? Even better in the metaphor, if you picture yourself in that maze like a mouse and you turn the corner and you start walking and you see the walls in front of you, there's nowhere else to go. Three sides, your complete visual is blocked. You've got a wall in front of you and two walls on the side. So I can see how it could be discouraging in that maze metaphor. But behind you is your way out. There's no, you got, out. All you got to turn around and you see the opening. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Give your attention to your new opening. Okay, you were turning left. You thought there was going to be an opening. There's not. But guess what? There is still an opening. Shift your attention to there instead of looking at that wall and you're straight. Uh, when people are playing, not, I always give the comparison. I don't really mean cards, but don't worry about the ace that you don't have in your hand. Play mm-hmm. your hand. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's and that, you could pull that ace. That ace could be next. And if it's not, guess what? You might get it too. But if you got two in your hand, two twos in your hand already, you're pretty good. And, and I'm a poker player, and I've won with some pretty crazy hands that did not have any aces in them. <laughs> I'm going to say that most of the hands I've won in poker didn't have aces. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair thing. Yeah. Now, blackjack is a different story. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah different, that's a different game. Different game. Different rules, different games. I won't even, you don't even want to use that as a, as a metaphor for the law of attraction. But poker is great because you can win with four twos and have one of the best hands you ever had. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if you get four twos, that is probably the best hand you've ever had in your life. Well, you, you, you probably know the game, uh, No Limit Hold'em, right? So the worst, worst starting hand with that game is seven two. You can't have a worse hand than that. And I can't tell you how many times I have completely doubled my chip stack with a 7-2. A 7-2? A 7-2, yes. <laughs> no, I, I'm not going to claim that it happens all the time. I, I'm definitely not claiming that. I'm simply saying it has happened a lot more than people might expect. Have the worst hand at the board, and I even one time took out uh, pocket aces with a 7-2. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, it's one, crazy. Two is so bad now. That's that's. Well, you, it, it's and I can't say I always get into the right mind space, but when I am in that right mind space, first of all, great things happen. Second of all, the seven two doesn't bother me anymore. It's like, oh, okay, so seven two. Let's see what we can do with it. Thank you, Neil, for joining us. Thank you, Debbie G. Thank you, podcast listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>